Most store owners think of returns, refunds, and exchanges as a necessary evil, but it doesn't have to be that way. If done well, they could be a huge conversion trigger for your customers. Did you know that 91% of shoppers say they consider a store's return policy before placing an order? That's kind of crazy. So why do you hate it? Because it's a time-consuming pain, right? Plus they're a potential customer service nightmare. Well, not anymore. Bold makes a great app for managing the entire returns process. It's called the Bold Returns Manager, and it gives your customers a portal where they can submit returns, track them through the process, and it gives you a portal where you can review, approve, decline, and manage everything about them. You create all your policies that you want to allow, whether it's returns or exchanges, credits, whatever, and then apply it to what product should have that policy, and you're set. It's got a great backend for managing all the returns, making notes in them, and statuses that automatically keep your customers updated along the way. So stores are always trying to find better ways to compete, more than just on price. And a solid return policy and a smooth way to implement it is a great alternative to competing on price. Especially if you're in fashion and apparel, you know returns are such a big factor. So the Bold Returns Manager app has thought of everything. And if you're ready to take your returns to the next level, you need to try it. You can try it out for free for two months by heading to ethercycle.com bold. That's ethercycle.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores, like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. Is Hoonigan paying you to wear that? No, this is not. This is not SponCon. Is this SponCon? No, no hashtag SponCon. No, I to optimize my life. I try to plan my outfits out based on the weather and what I'm doing, and I try to do it on Sunday. Oh wow, most people usually don't do that. They just wear like winter coats in July and shit. They don't pay attention to any of that stuff. So you're really like optimizing. It's like a there's a non-zero chance that you wear shorts in January. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I am not a year-round shorts guy. But we're not far off. No, I get... I You're get a three-quarters year shorts guy. I get hot. <laughs> and I, I appreciate not wanting to be hot. That's why I can't move to Florida. Oh, I can't move south of Chicago. This is the line. I can't go anywhere south of here. You're, you're going to Michigan? My only direction is north. I understand. Yeah, I don't know what wants to be sweaty. FYI, any Shopify, Bold, if you want to acquire us, I'll move. <laughs> as long as it's north. As long as it's north. If someone wants further to, north. If someone in Arizona wants to acquire us, get out. No, yeah. The answer Ooh, is, no. is it a remote position? <laughs> How much travel is required? So today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, I'm your host Kurt Elster. Joining me is my co-host Paul Rita, and this is a listener Q and A episode. So I had posted in our Facebook group. I said, you know, what can we help you with? What are you concerned about? What's keeping you up at night? We got a stunning. Uh, there were 69 comments in there. And so we, we picked a few that we thought would be good discussion points that we could talk about, and it's uh, a lot about 
optimizing for the current traffic you have, your current situation, uh, and traffic generation strategies. That's important because you know we've been talking, feels like, for two years now, saying, hey, Facebook ads are more expensive than ever. You know, buying traffic from the traffic store, i.e. Facebook Marketplace or Facebook ads, just keeps getting more expensive. January, all month long, we've been seeing people saying, hey, uh, are, your, are your ROAS numbers down? Is your Facebook ads not working? Um, and that seems to be a, a common theme among Shopify merchants. So we're going to talk, talk about that. Um, and it's also nice to see Every January, our download numbers go up. This January was no different. Um, last week's Jake Star episode, record numbers. You guys clearly like that. And it was cool. The Ponzi scheme episode prior to that one really had a, I'm sorry, alleged Ponzi scheme. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that, that was a risk. We hadn't done an episode like that that had like broader appeal. Oh, I love, more, that. I love that episode because it was just yeah. a funny, it was just a fun story that yes. we got to be part of. Um, and that one did, that one did, did pretty well. Um, so if you haven't listened to either of those, maybe go back, consider it, check it out. All right. Oh, and we got our Unite tickets. Shop for Unite this May in uh, Toronto. I'm excited. Fingers crossed. Because I really liked the first... So they moved locations. The one, first last one... Last year. Well, they moved locations again this year yeah. after moving it last year. The first one, it was like... Is it called the Brickyard? Two years ago, it was Brickworks. Brickworks. And that was my first Unite. And I really loved it. I had a great time. The weather was beautiful. There was a lot of like outdoor seating. It was just, it was just the best. And then last year's was like clearly a lot bigger in like the conference center, like, you know, at like a big event space. And it just didn't feel as like fun. It was, it felt a lot more staid and wasn't as like freewheeling and like people just kind of hanging out. And I really, I think it's the environment. I think it's, well, I think it's the environment. And I think it's the size. I think, you know, you can't have like a cool, fun event where like people are meeting each other and hanging out and having a great time if it's like, you know. In a conference center. In a conference a center. A literal conference like center. Thousands of people. Yeah. So going smaller, it's sold out. It's already sold out, I think. It's already sold out and they raised the prices. Yeah. To like keep it smaller. So uh, Shopify United, it's not for merchants. It's uh, focused on Shopify partners. You you know, the, the keyword being unite. We're going to unite Shopify partners. Last I heard, there were 12,000 Shopify partners. And so we, I've been every year. Paul's been going the last several years. It is, it is a ton of fun. But we'll, that's where we get the, the Shopify um, announcements for the, the roadmap for the, the coming year. And so, of course, we'll cover that on this episode. You'll hear that in June uh, when we get back from, from Unite. All right. Uh, anything else on your list? Or do you want to dive into some questions? No. That's a no? That's a no. All right. Things have been busy. Opening, we have Melita Cyril who asks, should we advertise on Pinterest for baby slash kids products? Moms hang out there, but wondering whether to double down on Facebook over exploring Pinterest. So my initial thought, and this is what we thought a couple of years ago, was that Pinterest traffic is purely drive-by traffic. It's worthless traffic from it. It doesn't convert at all. It's like people are just on Pinterest repinning things. They're not actually going to the places where the things are. That was our thought process. Has that changed? Not really. Here's why. <laughs> I thought you were going to blow me out of the water. No. Be okay. like, actually, it's good now. <laughs> well, so here they said, should we advertise on Pinterest? I have yet... I'm sure there, there are exceptions. I have... 
yet to have a client who ran Pinterest ads. And I could already, like, I'm going to get a bunch of emails. I've run Pinterest ads and I make a million dollars on a dollar investment. Now, I, I have not had direct experience with someone who was successful with Pinterest ads. We don't have a ton of people doing it or trying it or who have tried it, but I've not seen, I've not seen success with it. I have seen success with organic Pinterest strategies. Um, I know it's worked very well for, for my wife on WWDW. Um, and, but that was to drive organic traffic from Pinterest. That was like traditional social media content marketing type stuff. However, in Google Analytics, in Shopify reports, you could sort traffic, you could divide your revenue up by traffic source. What I found is the, based on that, the Pinterest traffic is very much drive by traffic. It will, you could use it to drive awareness. You can use it to fill remarketing ad funnels, but those people are not, not highly qualified, not wallet out ready to buy. It's not the same as, um, you know, like Google shopping is highly qualified. Pinterest, yeah, okay, it's legit traffic, but those people are not going to convert directly into a sale necessarily. So it's sort of the same thing when we did like our end of the year traffic breakdown, it was the sort of thing we saw with Instagram where like the Instagram, the direct Instagram conversion rate was terrible, but we think that Instagram buyers are top of funnel buyers and that's the first visit of the three visits required for someone to buy something. Yes. And so one of the things, like the, the last thing Melita says is wondering whether to double down on Facebook over exploring Pinterest. So they already have success on Facebook and they have not, they said double down. That means they don't know if they've hit the limit of what they could scale their ads to. So I'd say you all like if you're sitting there and you've got one successful ad channel and you're like, wow, should I spend more money on the one that's currently successful or just go play with this one that or, I don't have experience with. Yeah. Double down on the one you know works. <laughs> I mean, of course, like, you know, that's the answer. Yeah. Keep doing the thing that works until it stops working. Yeah. Then try a new thing. And then try your new thing. Like, it just exhaust Facebook when you're like, look, I have dialed Facebook into the point where this is the best I can do. Fabulous. Now go do Pinterest. And if worth saying, hey, like, we don't know how qualified or how valuable that Pinterest traffic is, but we know you could drive traffic from it. All right, those are people who will fill the top of that Facebook funnel. So maybe driving the Pinterest traffic works when in conjunction with a Facebook funnel. Is the idea here that you get the Facebook drive-bys traffic and then you can cookie those people and then remarket to them using the Facebook ads? Pinterest drive-by, you mean, right? The they start on Pinterest, yeah. Yeah. And then you remark, then you cookie them from their Pinterest click through. But then you yes. have them cookies, and then you use the Facebook ads to follow them around. Yeah. So when we talk about Facebook ads, I go, Facebook's so expensive. Oh, it's so expensive. I can't. It's killing my row ads. We're really talking about cold traffic, top of funnel. The Facebook remarketing ads. Yeah, where you're, where you're, the top of funnel, where you're just like, okay, well, the people who like my product, it's probably men between the ages of 25 and 37. So I'm buying ads for men between the ages of 25 and 37. Yeah, it's pure interruption marketing. Yeah. They don't know who you are. They've never heard of you. And then there's an ad in their feed for your thing. And we hope that their thumbs stop scrolling when they see it. Whereas if I've art like, I oh, I, I found you on Pinterest and I click through and now I'm seeing a remarketing ad. Okay, now I'm familiar with you. That's very different and much less expensive to do that kind of advertising. So if we're saying on Facebook, the problem is the cold traffic, top of funnel, and on Pinterest, we're saying, hey, you could drive a bunch of people 
but they won't necessarily buy, but it's going to be less expensive, then maybe that is the answer. Drive a bunch of people for Pinterest, then remarket to them on Facebook. Yeah. Uh-oh. So if, Yeah, so if top of funnel people are cheap on Pinterest, buy them there, and then it's much cheaper to do middle stuff on Facebook, and then you you know you hit them at everything where it's cheapest. And then after, if you get can get their email from them, now you're emailing them using your Klaviyo account, which is even cheaper because it pays off so much more. Uh, yeah, that Klaviyo is your own channel. So you've got, you're right, you would, hopefully you've got a, a, a welcome pop-up and an exit pop-up, and it's offering them something of value, maybe something educational or related to like whatever they saw in that Pinterest ad. So, all right, now I've come full circle. Like, okay, this is a thing to experiment with. So maybe it's take, you've got 100% of your ad budget on Facebook. Uh, all right, keep spending on Facebook. If, you're, if you think you haven't exhausted it, spend more on it till you get it to a place where you're comfortable and then divert some of that money into let's drive cold traffic from Pinterest and see if that works. Oh, we're geniuses. <laughs> yeah. All right, let me give myself a pat on the back we're for that so, one. We're so smart. Oh, brilliant. It's just, we're just better than everyone else. Just, uh, it just amazes me. Uh, it's paul at ethercycle.com. <laughs> not very, me. I very Do sure. not email me. Kurt at ethercycle.com. No! He blocked Kurt at ethercycle.com. Don't use that anymore. I had so many, well, because I get so many just brilliant marketers who blindly sign me up for a newsletter I never opted into. And like the dead giveaway is I never use CurtedEthCycle.com and that they would guess that that's the address and sign that up. And I'm like, so I know I never signed up for your email list, but eventually it got so bad. I just, I got rid of that email address. Uh, so moving forward, Braden Stephanishin. Stephenshine? Yeah, I don't know. Braden. Braden asks. <laughs> I really, with these questions, people need to just give me the phonetic pronunciation of their name. I think they could, well, if they're just posting it in the Facebook group. That's their Facebook name. So, I mean, have mercy on us. All right. If we mispronounce your name, we're sorry. We're trying the best we can. Yeah, I'd prefer not to mispronounce it. All right. Braden S. says, talk more about financing apps. Having higher ticket items, we're getting more and more requests for financing options. What works and integrates best with Shopify? Ooh. So I think, what's our favorite? I think we like Sezzle the I like Sezzle a lot. I don't like Sezzle. Because of the widget implementation? Because of the widget implementation, for me personally, it's very hard to do, and it never seems to work right. So if you put Sezzle on your store, and it immediately goes in the spot where you want it to go, great, good job for you. It worked out. But if it's not where you exactly where you want the widget to be and you try to move it or you hire me to move it, it's a huge pain in the ass that never seems to work. From my personal experience, allegedly. 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 So what other ones do we like? <laughs> well, so a firm, Klarna, oh, a firm's Afterpay. Good. A firm's fine. Those are the popular ones. I like Sezzle a lot because of its its pure simplicity. And there is one very unusual thing about it. If you don't transfer, if you don't sweep the money out of your account, you leave it at Sezzle when you're getting paid, they pay 8%. Which I don't understand. Yeah, what is this magic that you've got an 8% guaranteed return? How are they, what, it's like, where are they putting the money that they get more than 8% back on it? Are they <laughs> investing with the money store? So they're getting 15% back? <laughs> yeah, it's called the Merchant Interest Program. 
And last I heard, it was it was at eight percent. And then in the example they use in the agreement, it's eight percent. Yeah, they pay out eight percent interest. That's crazy. All right. So just to do a one on one level thing on this, there's these financing apps. There's Sezzle. There's a firm. There's a bunch. They're really blowing up where you can offer financing on your store. It's a little widget that appears underneath the price on your product page. So if it costs a hundred bucks, your product costs a hundred bucks. It says a hundred bucks is the price, but then underneath it, you could be like, or for easy payments of $25 using a firm. And then a firm is just a way is just a different way for people to pay. And generally they don't, their buyers don't pay any interest. Well, so with I, with Sezzle, a couple things, there's no hard credit check. So they Sezzle is a max of four, four equal payments. And when you, the reason they chose four, because we, I interviewed them on the show a couple of years ago, um, is four is like the max they could do and not have it appear as a hard thing on your credit. Hmm. Um, so you don't have to worry about your credit score being impacted by it. And it's 0%. So often when I promote financing stuff on Twitter, I'll get uh, a few trolls who are like, people don't need more debt. I'm such a good person because I don't want to offer people financing options. All right. So I'm sorry, do you not accept credit cards? I mean, a credit card, a good credit card interest rate, a low interest rate, 15. We were just dis- Sezzle zero. We were discussing this at lunch and that like my, this credit card I have right now is about to stop being 0% for the first year. And I'm like, ah, damn it. I was just giving loans to myself all And it <laughs> all jumps to lo- over 20, And right? now it's going to be like 23. Yeah. So that's most credit cards sit in that range. Whereas Sezzle zero percent. So it's like, uh, all right, if you want to be high and mighty about it, like people don't need more debt. All right, then you should offer. You should stop accepting credit cards. You should only take PayPal. You should take ACH and Sezzle. That's yeah, it. Yeah, those are your two options if you want to be uh, a good boy who yeah. never made, who never allows anyone to fall into debt because that's your that's your problem. Yes, but so these financing apps uh, are increasingly popular. More and more consumers are aware of them, especially millennials are really adopting them. And here's the insane part: on every large store that's running. Sezzle that we have of our clients, the Sezzle payment gateway, those orders have a significantly higher average order value. Well, duh, it's free money. <laughs> it's I guess well, or it's they're saying, well, listen, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do financing and I'm gonna get zero percent and I'm gonna go through the the process of like because you've got to fill out an application in the checkout. Oh, you do. Yeah, I didn't know that. It's yeah, when you hit checkout, it hijacks you into like a quickie application form. If I'm going to go through that, well, I may as well make it worth my while and spend a little more. I, I'm, this is just my theory well, on and, like consumer thinking. And the fact it's 0%. It's the same reason that, that all the cars keep getting more expensive. Yeah, the reason, the yeah, reason cars, cars and more expensive. One of the reasons cars and houses are getting more expensive is because money is so cheap. Because of, of 0% Because of low, low interest, interest financing. Yeah, yeah my, my par- I was talking to my dad about this house I'm looking for, and he was like, oh, yeah, I remember our first house. Our interest rate was twenty one percent. We Ugh. got a we got a good rate. It's like, what? oh, I gotta lie down. I was like, what? Twenty <laughs> percent on a mortgage? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pass out because mine's is three something, and I have calculated out what that interest expense is, and uh, it's it's making the ulcer bigger. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so no, a hundred. I, I like financing apps. Pick one you're comfortable with. My personal preference is Sezzle. I love that they've got that merchant interest program. Um, the the widget is not as hard to place as Paul says. 
It's looking for a CSS elector. <laughs> they have good support. I'm to defend Sezzle. Yeah, okay. I like them. I like that team. And it increases your average order value. That's the amazing part. And it lets you offer 0% financing to your customers. It's just whenever I do it, it never feels like it does what I want it to do. Well, you only end up doing it when it's a hard job. Exactly. You're only seeing the problem children. That's true. But yeah, no, Sezzle, it 100% increases. It increases your average order value and increases your orders. Much to my shock. Like, I didn't think people were going to finance like $10 worth of tea, but they do that. Yeah, so, yeah, like in one store, their their typical average order value was 50 bucks store-wide. On Sezzle purchases, their average order value is 80 So that gives you a good example of, like, what, um, of, like, a typical increase. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. That's very good. So if you're like, man, I want to increase average order value and conversions, get Sezzle, period, done. You There, you did it. Uh, and so, and, and the, so your buyers don't pay any interest. You get the full money up front, right? You know, I actually don't know how that process works. Well, it go it goes in your, well, you don't get it up front. Truly. It goes in like your Sezzle account, Yeah. which they're paying you 8% at. I, again, don't know what is their business model. <laughs> I, I would love to know what's going on there, but fa- that, that's fabulous. Compounded on a daily basis. Yeah, look at this. Section 4.2.2 of the Merchant Interest Program. How interest is calculated? Interest will be compounded on a daily basis. Uh, yeah, and then an example. This is just wild. All right, let's move on from Sezzle. <laughs> Sign up for Sezzle, increase your AOV, get your 8%. There's That could be your retirement account. There you go. Yeah, everyone always cares about, like, what's a quick, easy win on my store? Adding financing apps on your store is a quick, easy win on your store. I know like, we're very anti quick, easy wins. Like they don't really exist, but adding a financing app is one. Yeah. This one is actually one of the few. Uh, and I have a referral code for Sezzle. Oh, it's in the show notes. When you go. use it, you get one month free, no strings attached. Hooray. Ask Kurt to place the widget if you don't like where it is. <laughs> and I will personally <laughs> place the widget for you. Hold up. What do sophisticated direct to consumer brands like ColourPop? Huckberry, and Casemate all have in common. They rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by the brands you love. With a dedicated team of experts and a platform that consumes more data than any other on the market, Klaviyo helps you own the customer experience and grow higher value relationships. And the results speak for themselves. Brands have made more than $3.7 billion, that's billion with a B, in revenue through Klaviyo in the last year alone. From a shopper's first impression to each subsequent purchase, Klaviyo understands every interaction, empowering brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360-degree view of the customer, growth possibilities are endless. Visit klaviyo.com unofficial. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com unofficial. Talk to him. So, uh, Leela Cools asks... Well, she states, she hand-makes jewelry items and has an average retail of $25 and adds, yes, I know I should raise that. I've just started to focus on my website for which I have low traffic. All right, uh, assuming that I'll have average repeat customers, we got to unpack this. Does it make sense to market low-value ad- items with paid Facebook ads simply to get the data flowing and start remarketing? Or should I start with the content marketing route? As a solo entrepreneur, I need to keep it simple and doable. There's several things in here. I like and want to unpack. Well, I think to collapse it down into a single question is I sell low-priced goods 
is it worth it for me to buy Facebook ads? Because obviously my cost of acquisition of a, of a customer isn't as much as a lot of other places. As for the answer to that, I don't have one. So I'm going to drink water while you talk. All right. I'm going to ramble. So she said, I have low traffic. Well, let's set a benchmark there. What I define for like you have hit a threshold of good traffic. The benchmark, the rule of thumb I use is over 30 days, rolling average, you get 150 people a day to your store. 150 visitors a day over 30 days. If you could do that, you have now, you have crossed the Rubicon into like, okay, I've got traction in the marketplace. I'm starting to build an audience. So let's, so I don't actually know what her traffic is. So if it's under that, we'll say, like, let's say it's 50 a day average. All right, that's low. At 150, or we're getting somewhere. She says, I assume I'll have average repeat customers. All right, let's define that one too. I would say average is 20 to 30% repeat customers for an established store. So you've been running it two years um, and you're sending out some emails and doing some remarketing and you do a good job of customer service. Expect like 25% would be where I want it. If I see below 20%, either you're just never talking to anyone or it's not a great experience or it's like just some product someone could only ever buy once. And like 40, 50%, that's the kind of thing, 50% you'd really only see if you have consumable goods. And then she's saying, well, yeah, should I mess with Facebook ads to get data flowing and start remarketing? Or should I start with content marketing? As a sole entrepreneur, I need to keep it simple and doable. I like that she's, she's acknowledging that. When it's just you, you can't make a giant to-do list of like, I'm going to do all these things. You just make yourself crazy and you end up like just neglecting stuff and half-assing stuff or being overwhelmed by it and doing nothing. So she's like, all right, I want to do one thing. Here's how I would tackle this. Like we just discussed in the first question, Facebook ads are expensive and they're yeah. a good way to lose money. Yeah, that was my thing is I was like, all right, well, if your margins are not large enough to justify Facebook ads, they definitely don't justify cold Facebook ads followed by to get the data flowing and then remarketing and buying more Facebook ads. Yes. So let's take a slight, let's, let's tweak this. I would say set up the remarketing funnel. So we know for sure increasing the total number of touch points with a customer, you will convert better, you'll make more sales. And remarketing, you're really only paying for when traffic comes to the site and clicks through. So I'd say set up your Facebook remarketing. You don't have that top of funnel costing you money yet, but you've got that remarketing in place for when we achieve a threshold of traffic that works. And you could set that up natively in Facebook, or you could use an app like um, Socio is good. So that's our, our safety net, increase our touch points with this remarketing. Then use content marketing, organic social uh, contest, a giveaway paired, maybe like reach out to influencers and say, look, I'll give you free product um, to drive traffic. And, you know, could you promote my, my giveaway so you look like a hero with your audience? Now I've got a way to get these people to my site. And then that remarketing that's already set up will kick in. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, if she's selling them for $25... Hopefully it doesn't cost her very, I mean, hopefully it doesn't cost her more than t 10 bucks each item. Send out freebies, like try to get the influence, influencers going. I think Instagram is going to be key because it's fashion, it's jewelry. I think that's the gateway to cheap top of funnel traffic is for her to start trying to kill it on Instagram. And then when those Instagram people hit her site, uh, then the Facebook remarketing funnel comes in. The other thing, if like if you've got a good social organic thing where you're posting daily, trying to build a community. Facebook like ads are extremely cheap. If you get a good one, 
um, where you could probably get it down to 15 cents a like. I'm sure there's someone who's like, I pay three cents a like, but like 15 is, is reasonable. Stop self-negging all the things that you're saying. You're right. Well, I'm just, I'm preempting the trolling. Well, no, you tell those trolls you don't care about their opinions. Actually, you know what I do is just block them. <laughs> yeah. If an email is too stupid to process, just block. We had one of those today. <laughs> and a couple today. <laughs> Derailed me. No, I like this. I, I like the the Instagram strategy. Facebook likes might be a workaround. But for sure, set up your remarketing funnel and then look for alternative ways to drive traffic to the site. I'm stupid. Why am I doing a Facebook like campaign? What does that get me? So I get likes on my Facebook page. What a does that get me? A little bit of social proof. It drives brand awareness. They saw the ad. They click like. All right, now they like your thing. A percent of, if you post daily, I maybe multiple times a day, a percent of those posts will pop up in people's feed. Okay. And then if you know, and then if you get traction with one, you could spend 10 bucks on it to boost it and make sure everybody sees it. Can you set up an ad campaign that only targets people that have liked your page? Yes. Okay. There, And I'm assuming that counts as remarketing and that's cheaper. That would, yeah. Well, okay. it's not remarketing, but it would be cheaper. Okay. I think. It's when you're just, it's like people who have no, where Facebook gets expensive is people who have zero relationship to your brand whatsoever, and now you're trying to force your stuff into their feed. And Facebook's saying, look, that's like, yeah, you're expanding your audience. We know that's more, that's valuable to you, but we also know like that's probably the least valuable experience for the user. So it's going to be the most expensive to do it. The other remarketing audience that Facebook has that's interesting. So you're saying like, yeah, go for Instagram. You can remarket to anyone who viewed your Instagram profile. Oh. So let's say you've got Instagram and you you do decently well there. Maybe you hire a company like Work Macro, who for like a hundred, I forgot what it is, maybe a hundred bucks a month, they will do like a follow unfollow campaign for you and get you up to several thousand followers very quickly. Now you can remarket to that audience. Everyone who viewed you, viewed your Instagram profile, you can remarket to them. Initially, that'll, that'll probably be lower value, but it's still a, it's a way to get your foot in the door. Like, we got to start somewhere. Yeah. I think that, I think that about answers I think that, that was good. And I'll do, I'll put Work Macro um, in the show notes as one of the links. Moving on to Edwin Alejandro Ruiz. Read this one for me. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, geez, Rick. I'm not on Fargo. That was that was actually, that was my Morty. He's fleeing the interview. What is the best sales funnel for a high-ticket item such as a $300 watch? And what strategies would you use to drive traffic to your site? Again, traffic driving. Thank you so much for the value you add, Kurt. You're welcome, Edwin. I think for a $300 watch, that's not high-ticket, first of all. But if if we're going to say it is the high-ticket Well, item, in, a, in the universe of watches, it's not high-ticket. <laughs> But in ge- uh, all right, three hundred bucks. Three hundred. It's not an ask. impulse purchase. It's a big ask. Yeah, I think uh, I think it goes back to a thing. One of the important things is something we talked about before is establishing trust indicators because it's like I'm popping three hundred dollars on this thing. It better be a hundred percent exactly what you promised it was, and so they need to like trust you with that. So I think images. You know, going over all the bullshit about how cool and nice the watch is and how it's made of, like, magnesium or something that's, like, an expensive metal. I don't know. Uh, that mm-hmm. is, like, you got to have all that stuff going. I think that's I think that's a major, would be a major point in favor. Yeah, I think, well, and essentially, it, 
It's a fashion item. It's, it's jewelry. If men could wear just traditional jewelry, the Swiss watch industry would not exist. That's true. It's jewelry for men. Yeah. All right. So you got a three. Our example is a $300 watch. With any expensive item, we're going to want to over-communicate. And especially in this case on appearance. So like I want the 360 shot. I want video of the thing. I want like good macro detail shots. Yeah. The lighting, everything's got to be full end top notch luxury. Yeah. We need, I need to be able to trust you. And I think that starts with really polished professional imagery and video. A hundred percent. And then dive into like, give me over communicate on the details. I want to know what's the lug width. What's the strap made out of? What kind of movement does this have? Like, give me everything. Yeah, it's in like, there. oh, the minute hands are hand carved by like Tuscan monks, like wow, just, Tuscan yeah, monks, exactly. Just all that level of stuff. Go over the all watch of is it. Bathed in rosemary, in excessive herbs. detail. Go to the freaking Mac Pro page on Apple's website and just look at all the ridiculous shits they're laying out for you <laughs> to try and get you to buy this six thousand dollar computer. Like that's the same thing you should be doing. Yeah. So. Every single piece of information you have and then some, lay that out there so that they can make a decision because they can't see it in person, they can't try it on, and they really don't know who you are or if they should trust you. So we also need social proof, having reviews there, ideally having um, customer lifestyle images. I think that helps. For an item like this, it's aspirational, so we better have lifestyle images that make it look cool. Yeah, make you look like a baller because you're wearing it. Yes, exactly. Um and then, uh, what is there a warranty? Does what happens if something goes wrong? Can I, if I get it and it's too gigantic on my wrist, can I return it? So those are your objection busters. Throw the word concierge around a lot. Mm, our concierge, <laughs> our concierge customer service. Exactly. I like it. Concierge support or concierge level service. Oh, I yeah. like concierge instead of customer support. Oh, yeah. That's concierge cool. automatically makes it means it costs twice as much. Yes. Because it's that much better. Exactly. Okay, I like that a lot. And then on a watch, you could do upsells like, well, did you want uh, different straps to go with it? Oh, yeah, totally. And then you can also sell me the the strap removal tool. So like the little, I forgot what that's called, but like that little yeah. that tool that pops up the lug off. And then like different like swatch faces. What? Because it's a swatch watch. It's never, not a swatch. I never, never owned a swatch watch. <laughs> I had a Casio calculator watch as a kid. Ooh. Yeah. And they sell, you. they still make it. I saw one on Amazon. I can get the calculator watch for like 50 bucks, real Casio, and it's gold. Oh, that would be that would be so dope. Should I do it? That so, you can email me about. So be sick. Like, uh, here, here's my Casio watch collection. I'm happy to get those emails. I want a Nixie tube watch. <sighs> you know, I, I get where you're going with that. Seems impractical. <laughs> There's <laughs> just... One slip on the ice, and that watch <laughs> is going to be a real mess. The A Nixie Tube clock, that would be cool. Yeah, Nixie Tube anything is automatically cool. You're right. Remember, didn't gas pumps have Nixie Tubes? Maybe. I think as a kid, the, my first Nixie Tube experience was gas pumps. I think Steve Wozniak has a Nixie Tube watch. Really? Yeah. I'm sure he does. All right. Enough Nixie Tubes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really, Edwin, the answer is... Over communicate and look as poli- look as polished as possible. Those two things combined are what's going to make you look professional and trustworthy. But he wants to know how to drive traffic. Oh, he does want to know how to drive traffic. All right. Well, for <laughs> we, a watch, we digressed. Here. Instagram all day. Yeah, Instagram all day. There is like look look for 
for your niche, your hobby, your community, they have watering holes. If I'm interested in something, there's a place to go talk about it. And they have a community somewhere. When Jake was on here, he said, you know, what really helped grow his business was tapping into the everyday carry community on Instagram. There is 100% a deep and faceted watch community oh, yeah. on Instagram and on the the internet in general. But well, and depending they're on, on the, Instagram. And depending on the styling of this watch, I don't know if it's like a if it's a pseudo luxury watch or if it's like an everyday carry like outdoorsman watch, like that will depend on which sort of community you're focusing on. Maybe it's, it's tactical. It's tactical. Yeah, it's tactical. it could be tactical everyday carry. It could be like, you know, pseudo luxury where it's like, oh, it looks all nice and blah, 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 but it's only 300 bucks. So, yeah, look for that. Look for that community. This is also another one where you could do the giveaway and get people excited. Use something like Viral Sweep and get people excited and talking about the giveaway. Then other people get interested. They're on the newsletter. And then maybe, you know, with like six weeks later, they pull the trigger and buy it. And this is another one where a $300 watch, oh my gosh, offer financing, $300 divided into four payments, that's less than 100 bucks a month. The cool part about that Sezzle widget is it shows you what your monthly payment would be. It immediately makes the thing look cheaper. And I think that's part of why it increases conversions. And I know that this is probably fine for a $300 watch, but if he was selling a $3,000 watch, like there's clearly a point where you don't want to have a Sezzle widget. What's... Yes, and I don't know where that line is. And I do know with financing... Because it makes the product look cheap if they're offering financing. It, like, it. it'd be weird if I was on Rolex's website and they've got, like, four easy payments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so, but anyone who's contact, contacting us on this show, your brand is not old and storied enough <laughs> to worry about looking cheap. <laughs> I mean, I'll accept emails from Rolex, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, well. So hopefully, hopefully that answers the question. Aaron Culligan, best way to launch into another market. Is it making duplicate storefronts on Shopify Plus? Hmm. If it's a different language, maybe. So if he's saying... If he's in America and wants to sell in England, sell in England or like Australia, why do anything different? Yeah. Other than having like a currency converter. So what it... Um, we talked to Andy Bedell about this, where he broke down, like, hey, here's the strategy I used to uh, bring KeySmart into other countries. And what he started with was, well, we know it sells well in North America, where we speak English. He then loaded up a list on Wikipedia of every English-speaking country, then ranked it by GDP. <laughs> yes. And then just started with, all right, what's the first one? Start there. Okay, take his top-performing Facebook ads duplicate those, target them to that country, go, see what happens. And when that works, all right, if, it, if he could validate it, then he turned around and would try and figure out distribution so he could get faster shipping there and then move on down the list until he had exhausted every English-speaking country. With, and he had a currency switcher, and then a query string would swap out the currency. So really the most important part was when I land on the site, is it in the right currency? That was it. Like, that was the thing that made her break. So you didn't need another store. You didn't have to overcomplicate it. Then once he got into, once he'd exhausted those, he did the same thing for other language stores. Yeah, you probably, you move into Spanish next. Yes. So, and like, that he just started running through that same strategy. So the reason he brings up Shopify Plus is part of the, the monthly cost, you get 10 clone stores. 
And the clone stores don't mean like, oh, I could just start a new brand for free. No, it has to be your, that core brand, your core store. So it's like, all right, we've got, you know, Acme Widget US. All right, now we're going to do the UK version. Now we're going to do the Spanish language version. This is the wholesale version. That's why he brought that up. You don't necessarily have to do um, the different different sites, though. You could just do a currency switcher as long as it's in the same language. I think a currency switcher and like the same language, you're done. And then the next move is moving. When you're diff- using different languages, moving to different languages. Then yeah. for sure, I would do a different store. Yeah. Well, you can translate it with JavaScript on the site. It's going to get messy at best. So I would I would just do a different store and save yourself the headache. Yeah, like if I was, I mean, English is very much an international language. And if my choice is like, if I'm trying to sell it in the EU, if I'm trying to sell it in like Germany or whatever, I'd probably rather have an English, just like I'm selling it in Germany, but the website's in English, than have like a poorly machine translated German version of the site. Dave Basalto asks, what's the easiest and best app to use for returns where the customer can log in, click a reason in return with RMA and shipping done. Uh, the answer is Bold Returns Manager. I've got this running on Hoonigan right now to manage their returns. It works like he described. It's very convenient. You define like, here's the list of reasons people can return. Here's whether these are auto accepted. Here's who pays shipping. It's pretty cool. Um, and then you could like, it makes it easier for managing the returns on the merchant side because you just go in the app and all right, here's my list. So I like that one. I will throw that in the the show notes as well. Uh, Would you like to read Mr. Dean Fountain's question? Dean Fountain says, we sell a food product that obviously cannot be tasted or smelled online. What is the way to overcome this? A quick aside. Thank you for whatever. He said, thank you. Uh, Free samples, dude. That's my thought was my immediate thought too is either free samples or you do like, Here's the sampler pack. Like, let's say he sells a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Here's the sampler pack. Here's the sampler pack that's like, you know, for 20 bucks, you get a little bit of everything. 10 bucks shipped, and you get to try eight different of our peanut blends. I don't know what he sells. I don't know what he sells. He sells peanut blends. But yeah, like free (laughs) samples. Yeah, but I believe that's called peanut butter. Free free samples, where it's like, you know, the free sample, whatever it's going to cost you to sell it and ship it, the tiny free samples, like five bucks or whatever. If your total costs are five bucks, Charge people five bucks. You make zero money on it, but ads cost you money. Yes. And this is an ad that will cost you no money. And then this is, that's your Facebook ad offer for your cold traffic. Oh, yeah. Just give me your email address. I'll send you a free sample. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I like, or do, it's a free plus shipping offer. Free sample, just pay shipping. Yeah. But I yeah, like that a lot. He, I mean, I, Hopefully his food is delicious and he stands behind it. Just fire it off as much as you want because if people eat your food and enjoy it, they're definitely going to buy more of it. Yeah. You you got to have you got to do the sample strategy. You just got to you got to get it in their mouths. And in an ideal world, you just break even on it. Yeah. And it it's just part yeah. of your, you your customer break, acquisition cost. If you can break even on the free samples, that's gold because it's advertising that's costing you no money. Cuz like what about like what was the theme in a lot of these other things is Hey, how do I drive new traffic? I how do I drive traffic. top of funnel traffic? How do I acquire customers? He has the offer. It's a physical thing he could give you. Ugh. And who doesn't want to, like, I don't know what he's selling, but if it's something, it, it's fun, or maybe it's a niche thing, like, man, this is one of the most delicious protein bars out there. Okay, now I've got a niche I could target. Free plus shipping offer. And Brilliant. I mean, and I, I mean, you think of the other. And if he does that, he's got their address. He could mail them a postcard. Oh, God. Like, two weeks later, you get a postcard. Hey, Place a new order. Here's a coupon code. 
Here's a coupon code. Yeah. And you think Le- Layla and uh, the watch guy, they can't give, she can't give away a free sample of jewelry. He can't give away a free sample of a watch. You get to give away a free sample of food. Your life is so much easier. Yes. Oh, all right. That was a good one. End on. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention or cover other than the usual, hey, join our Facebook group. Well, join our Facebook group. Join our Facebook group? Join our Facebook group. Allegedly. Allegedly. You should allegedly join it. All right. Well, they're going to hear this on Tuesday, which is after the Super Bowl and after the Iowa caucuses. So who do you, who's, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I think the Chiefs are probably going to win, but that's hard because like Andy Reid is notorious for his like fourth quarter meltdowns, but he hasn't had it so far this year. So maybe he's saving it for the Super Bowl. I don't know. I don't trust Andy Reid. Uh, I was looking at the betting. I like Pat Mahomes to score a TD at plus 400. I think that's a worthwhile bet. And then they had a bunch of halftime props for guest appearances during halftime. And one of it was Gloria Stefan shows up at like plus 325. And I think that's a guaranteed bet. I'm definitely betting that Gloria Stefan's going to show up during the halftime show and I'm going to win like 300 bucks. Wow. And now they, that you gamble, that's illegal. I know that's illegal. Well, I'm going yeah. to Las Vegas to do it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm definitely, right. yeah. I'm, and I'm having an Iowa caucus party with my siblings because I'm a nerd. That's cool. I just like watching Iowa Iowans get together in the state's best and brightest gyms and discussing people. It, it airs on C-SPAN. <laughs> I accept this. <laughs> yeah, that's a little nerdy. All right, well, let's hope, your, <laughs> let's hope your bets work out. And go on Facebook, search on official Shopify Podcast Insiders. You can ask a question. We'll answer it on a future show. And of course, we're always happy to hear from you, so long as it's positive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't don't message us and tell us we suck. Yeah, that's I don't want that. That's going to set us into like a spiral for the rest of the day. We're very fragile. Yes, I'm extremely fragile. <laughs> very low self esteem. That's not a joke. And like, please cry a lot. Go, log into iTunes and leave us a five star review. Please don't leave us a one star review. It will literally ruin Kurt's day. It's true. It's not. I'm not even kidding. Oh, I haven't read the reviews in like a year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I refuse. All right. We'll end it there. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Big news from our friends at Out of the Sandbox this month. Their newest theme just launched. It's called Flux. And it's for those of us who loved all the bells and whistles and turbo, but thought, I need more of this. That's where Flex is a game changer for you. It can be configured in an endless number of ways, thanks to more layout and section options than ever, more granular control of settings, and easy addition of custom CSS through the theme editor. It's perfect for development agencies like ourselves, as well as e-commerce entrepreneurs like you looking to create a unique online store experience for your customers. Now here's the coolest part. Flex has a new Demo Shop Import feature that allows you to fast-track your shop setup based on any of 12 demo shops. You get all of the theme settings, layouts, content, and sections used in that demo shop of your choice applied automatically to your store. You can check Flex out right now at outofthesandbox.com. And if you like it, take 20% off the purchase price when you use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's outofthesandbox.com and code PODCAST20. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.